a white refrigerator. Girl, please put your shoes on. Let's go find you a home, honey. Ooh. Because I swear, they tried to kill your famous, your favorite bitch. And Tana always like, my man, my man, my man, my man. Bitch, your man left you for the hell. Oh, look at my African-American over here. Look at him. It's getting weird. You're listening to the Y'all Aren't Mad Enough About podcast with Antonio and Chai. Hey, friend. Hey, girl, what's up? Nothing much. I am actually right now deep conditioning my hair, getting ready for my trip to Miami the day after tomorrow. Oh, how many days are you going to be there? Just Thursday to Monday. Okay, that's fun. Yeah. should be nice. Mm-hmm. What are you up to? I'm planning for this trip. I actually officially have bought my tickets to Phuket, Thailand. So the ticket is purchased. Yes. For $1,500. Um God, flights have gotten so crazy. I mean, granted, I am, I'm not first class, but I'm premium, which is right behind. And I have to Delta. So. Okay. Not first class. First class was like 4,000, but I was like 1,500. Yeah. Like, okay, I spent, I could have done it a lot cheaper. Right. Um, But I'm excited. I was just planning last, yesterday, I looked at all my accommodations for my entire Thailand stay. So. Then, you know, that's what, I, what I've been up to. and, and I'm so working. excited. So how long are you going to be in Thailand again? I'm going to be in Thailand for a total of 12 days. I'll be in Vietnam for nine days. I'll be okay. in the Philippines for nine days. And then I'll be spending a week with Jaron in Brazil. Okay, this is an epic trip. Yes. Yeah, so I'm so excited for you. I'm excited for me too. I also am like, oh, this planning and every the nits the nitty gritty, it sucks. But like, I'm just like digging. I'm like, just like gotta get through it. Gotta get through it. Gotta get. Do you use ChatGPT? I did. I used them okay. to just do my first initial outline of what I would do at which place. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's helpful, man. It works. Mm-hmm. I told you, like, I did all my packing lists with ChatGPT, like everything, like, and it worked out. That it's GBT's coming for all our jobs, but <laughs> in the I mean, meantime, at this point, <laughs> I'm not even upset about it because I'm like, so we we gonna end up just with universal health because at some point, thirty percent of the population can't be without a job, and it's gonna be higher than that. It's gonna be like sixty. Y'all gotta do something. I <laughs> I think we are probably genuinely, you know, because like the statistics on unemployment. After like mm-hmm. a year of looking, like you just drop off of it mm-hmm. or whatever. Like yeah. I think we're probably already like at thirty percent of the population. Not <laughs> like it's I truly do believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not having I'm like consistent employment. Employment. You know. Employment. I know even someone who's more white collar. I'm like, I know a, a few people who have in their own way either just stopped working or not working on sabbatical for this time period. Got laid off and weren't in a rush to get back. Get a, or like yeah I have a friend who got laid off from GoDaddy you mm-hmm. know when all the tech companies were laying people off and he hasn't gone back to work yet yeah um, trying to live off his what is it called that they give severance. you again severance, severance. Yeah. so you know 
things to be mad at this economy, but I'm not mad. I'm just in a situation where I'm kind of like, well, I'm happy because I have money to be chilling, but more, I'm just. Okay, I have money. I have money to just like chill for a little bit. Doesn't that feel so nice? It does. It feels, um, it feels like a protest. Like I'm like, I'm revolting a little bit. Yeah. No, no, there's definitely, it is political. Yeah. It is. Um, I think so. So, you know, it allows me to be here, watch these documentaries, <laughs> so we can dive right. into it. I have so much free time now, so I love it. So we're going to talk about BS High. Yes. Um, first, let's just like talk about a couple things that have been going on. Wait, um, events? Current events? Yeah. Okay. Oh, what do you mean? Are we going to start with BS High? No, I think we should just quickly do the, like, things going on. Right. You want to start with the Mitch glitch? I mean, I was going to first start by saying it was Beyonce's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday to Beyonce. Yes, yeah. happy birthday to Beyonce. How could I have forgotten to say? We should have started with that. It was Beyonce's birthday, and that LA show looked lit. Oh, okay. So me and Kemi have been talking, like, forget, we've been talking about this a lot. Is first, like, so was LA the show to be at? Yeah. I, I'm mad just because, like, I'm, we better, Houston, I better get Meg. I have to. I think you guys are going to definitely get someone for sure. It's her hometown. Okay, but get someone. Like, I don't want fucking Paul Wall. I think Meg would definitely be so that makes sense. If she's had Kendrick, I think she'd get Meg. I was really upset with the Kendrick thing. Because that's my favorite part. That's my favorite little set. You love him, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, for me, it's... I feel like the only people that make sense, really, Houston-wise, would be Meg or Lizzo. And Lizzo is, like, canceled, so... Yeah, I think it'd be Meg. Does she even have a song with Lizzo? She doesn't have a song with Lizzo. No, she doesn't. Meg would make way more sense. But she had people out there she doesn't have songs with in LA. Her like openers the- and stuff, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But anyways, uh, Mitch won the Mute Challenge, if you didn't find out. So <laughs> really, we was all competing. We are all competing for the, in the Mute Challenge. And Mitch had already won. He had it in his back pocket. Because <laughs> my boy has been going on mute many times. <laughs> He said, you don't have to get ready if you're always ready. Miss <laughs> <laughs> McConnell, old self. And you know, no, we are not supposed to be laughing at people getting old, old and with age. However, and I've talked about this with people this week, when you are a politician who literally makes decisions that affect millions of people, mm-hmm. I can 100% talk about your capabilities to do that job. Like yeah, you can yeah. talk about the mental capabilities of a pilot. That is not ableist. That is important job. Like if you cannot see as a pilot, unfortunately you cannot be an airline pilot. Right. It's just, and this, it, it is. And this is what I, I truly don't understand. Like the fact that we haven't gotten to the place where we're really actually discussing term limits, right? Like people say you should have it, but there hasn't been a real discussion on this like Mm -hmm. and this is on both sides of the aisle like it's not just like republicans bro democrats got a lady who is literally like she's one eye drugged up they gotta wheel her in to make votes straight 
take her straight back to the hospital afterwards. Like, it is absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, there, Mitch, Mitch McConnell's getting very old. I'm surprised he is not already retired, but with the health issues, I'm like, it's actually bad. Like, that man looks like he may be suffering from Alzheimer's. Yeah. he is definitely freezing. It's very obvious. It's not a mistake. It's for a prolonged amount of time and struggling to, like, get back together. And they're like, his people are managing him at this point. He's and, like, for me, I don't even think, like, obviously, like, to, to say that, like, after a certain age, you can't, yeah. wouldn't be necessarily fair, I don't feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're definitely definitely like needs to be your doctor has to be able to sign off on you being mm-hmm. able to still and like there needs to be a cognitive test mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like it doesn't make any sense that these this is one of the most powerful people in the country in the world in the world like in the world like truly the biggest economy in the world like and he's you know what I mean like I think that's really concerning and you couldn't answer oh. a question, like literally freezing over a question. Do you think you're going to run again? Yeah. Yeah. That's so fucking yeah. concerning. And I don't like it. I get like, we're all doing the laughing about it. Cause like you got to laugh to keep from being like, what the fuck truly? Like, yeah. I don't even want to get into the fact that like we have people who are making decisions on our futures who will not never have to see right the ramifications mm-hmm. of that like that already is come on you know right but for it to be for you to be that that out of like out of it yeah yeah is and i'm saying that about biden too Yes, and I, to be clear. Okay, when I voted for him, I thought I, he was too old. Okay, yes. <laughs> that, that that's part of it. And yes. going into 2024, he's still when, too old. When I have to I vote do. for him again, he is still too old. He is still too damn old. Yeah. Our next topic, I, I really stayed away from this one because I knew it was going to be a mess. So if y'all don't know, an influencer or just a girl on social media says that she was you know, hanging out. This guy tried to ask her for her number. She denied him and he hit her in the head with a brick. And that should just be like, damn, that's real fucked up. Like, no one should do that. But of course, on social media, it became a whole other conversation, which to be honest, I've avoided because I already know what the takes are going to be. Honestly, like this one for me was just like, wow, we're really, we're doomed. Right. Like if we can all we all can't get on the same page about that man shouldn't have hit her with a brick. If we couldn't all get on the same page about that. I hopped in on one TikTok live and the nigga was saying it didn't even happen. She ain't bleeding. Oh, God. So for those of you who haven't seen the video, her face is swollen in, in literally the print of a brick. It's the biggest goose egg I have ever seen in my life. Ever. Like I've never seen. I didn't know they got that big. Like you 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 know, if you ever fallen as a kid and knocked your head, you got a big ass goose. You know, we call them goosebumps. Yeah. She had a humongous one the size of her cheek. And it it maintained the shape of the brick. Like it's rectangular. It also is just 
Oh God, I, they're denying it happened. I've se- I haven't seen that. I've seen a lot of people do a lot of men, specifically black men, specifically doing the well. She was online talking about a couple weeks pulling up old videos of her talking about men are not providers and protectors. And now she wants us to protect her. She said we weren't protectors. So why was she expected to be protected? Which is a crazy take. A crazy take. It saying another like another argument I saw making is that oh like she instigates men online. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. And it is crazy because I've seen people with large platforms, large platforms, posting, saying, well, if that's true, that she really was instigating men, then she got what was coming to her. And it's like, first off, this man hit her because she wouldn't give her a number, right? He didn't track her down from her social media. And even if he had done that, that would be awful as well. Like, what are you guys talking about? She was using words. So she get hit in there with the brick. Like the disdain for black women is strong. It's it's like I said, I'm not in community with a lot of you niggas. Y'all are not in my community. Like it, it come on, you guys. Like, and everyone's like, I've heard this too. Well, what you expect people to do? You expect people to jump in. And you know what? Because I'm the person I am, I thought to myself, hmm, Antonio. If something's happening on the train, what are ways in which you can help people? And you know, I didn't know. So you know what the fuck I did? I went online. And there are so many ways you can help someone who is being attacked without like actually getting involved. And at the least, when it's over, you can say, hey, do you want me to call the police? Right. No one did any of that. Even after, like, so she's standing around after it happened with the men who stood around and didn't do shit. Right. And they're all just looking like what she wanted us to do. And to me, it's it's insane because had that been when we talk about like it truly is that like protect all women, not just yours, because it's like had she had a boyfriend. Right. Like nobody would have been sitting there being like what you wanted her boyfriend to do. Right. Like it's assumed that he needed to do something. Right. And mm-hmm. like, it's the feeling like, well, that's none of my business is crazy to me. And then the same people who will say that then talk about the community, the community, the community. And my genuine, just honest opinion about some black men is that they only really care about their race and community when it benefits them. They don't really yeah. know what true like love and affection is because love is it goes both ways. It means even when someone is not doing things that are beneficial to me, I still have to like voice and be in their best interest. Do what's in their right. best interest. Right. But y'all don't really know what that is, but you always always trying to claim community and the need for community. Speaking of other no good black men, but it's just messy and funny. A girl posted a story, a TikTok that went viral, talking about a man who has stole her tabbies <laughs> after after blowing her back out twice, he snatched her tabbies. The story went viral. Good news. She didn't eventually get those shoes back. He returned them. And that created some discourse that I will say pleased me because it made tw- Twitter a little funny again. I mean, this was just a hilarious story. Like, truly <laughs> just like he complimented her shoes and then got himself in a position to be at her apartment and he took the shoes and then gifted them to his girlfriend. 
So as a Black gay man listening to this story, this story is extremely funny to me because it did not happen in Atlanta and it was not gay men. Because <laughs> if, it had, if it had happened to gay men in Atlanta or Miami, this would just be another Saturday. <laughs> in New York City, to straight people, it's funny to me because I'm like, damn, I didn't know y'all did that gutter butt ass shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> And 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 to add, even though it helped her get her shoes back, it is another level of gutter butt to then go on live and talk about it. And I think it's hilarious <laughs> to make a TikTok. But for me, what I thought was so crazy, like the Discord, like where, and this is a thing again where I feel like men ruin shit. Is this is a funny story, and we should it's all agree story. that you can't, you shouldn't steal from people, okay? But then it turned into people slut shaming her. Yes, it did. Which is just like, what? It's 2023 is still crazy to me. I'm like, niggas in 2023 are still trying to shame women for hooking up, but y'all hook up with them. Who do y'all think they're hooking up with? Bruh. Like, we're still shaming women for having hookups? It's unbelievable. It's, it's also like, you're talking about we're still, and it's like, okay, it's gotten worse. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's, it's like we're like, regressing. Truly regressing, not like we definitely are regressing. But this the shoes, by the way, I didn't know what the hell the tabbies were. Things were ugly. I was like, what the they hell are, are ugly. They are ugly. I agree. Uh, well, I'm glad she got her shoes back. It was a little funny, hee hee ha ha. It was cute, right? <laughs> so let's dive into our main topic of discussion today. BS High, which if you did not know, is a documentary series that follows and tells the story of a fake high school football team that got all the way to playing a nationally televised game on ESPN. Yeah, and how that happened. Did you follow this story in real time when it happened? Because it didn't happen that long ago. It's like 20 Absolutely, Absolutely not. I did not either. I had I heard inklings of it, but was just like okay. I hadn't even heard inkling. I had it, but again, I'm not in the sports world. Like mm-hmm. I'm literally like what one thing I I love a sports documentary, hate sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I am very like give me a sports document. I am seated, you know, but don't like sports. So even if this came on my, it, it's not something I would even register. Yeah. I, I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, same for me. I didn't. I didn't really follow. I, I watch a little bit of sports, but I really it, sports news is not something I'm keeping up with for reasons that I will mention throughout this discussion. So the main antagonist of the story is Roy. He's the coach of this team called what's it called again? It wasn't IMG. It was the other team. So the first name originally they were COF Christians COF. of Faith was the original, and then they uh, became the Bishop. Bishop Sy- yeah, Bishop Sycamore. Yes, B- Bishop Sycamore, which also is insane funny to that it's BS high, like that. The- BS high, <laughs> Bishop Sycamore. So he is a coach. He creates this whole program, which. We must add starts through, through a church affiliation ends and 
he built up this program. He finds un- so first. So first off, how it seems that it started is that he was working at a church, mm-hmm. right? And this church wanted to start a school, and yes. he was doing like odd jobs at a church. And he was like, sure, I'd like to be involved in that, but it needs to have a football component. Mm-hmm. Right. And prior to this, he talked about the way that he saw football as an entryway to getting kids in college is through his brother. Right. And he was yeah. able to see his brother went to Ohio State, I believe. Yeah. His brother you know, on a football State. scholarship. And that's he saw it as like, oh, I got my brother in which we have no idea how truthful that is. (laughs) But because as it comes, you start to realize he is very much not a reliable narrator. Yeah. But he tells us he got his brother to school and he decided like, hey, I can do this for a lot of young Black men. Mm -hmm. So he adds that he tells the church he needs a football component. And they, they kind of agree at one point and then eventually they sever the relationship. So it looks like, well, okay, I don't necessarily, they agreed to it, right? But like the school part was supposed to be the most important part of it. Most important, yeah. Right? Like Andre Peterson was the other coach that started with him, right? Yeah. And at that point, Andre talks about like, you know, the school, like we, we, they have drawn up plans for the school and like, and baby, delusional. As someone so who works in real estate and I look at these type of plans all the time, I was like, this is a fucking university level. Delusional. Okay. Like, it wasn't even like some like small community center, which would have been a lot. It was like something you would see at like UCF. Like it was a nice facility. I was like, girl, y'all don't got the money. Y'all don't even have the land for this. State of the art. Okay. First of all, so one of the guys in the documentary says what he was the plan, like it would cost at least 150 million. Yeah. And I think that that is like a low estimate because the way he had, there's going to be turfs on the roof and (laughs) like it was just insane plans. And all of a sudden, Andre talks about that. All of a sudden, he like, he calls him one day and is like, hey, like, you see, you know, that gym, that facility showed me, we're going to use that. And he's like, okay. And he shows up and he has a busload of children, like kids, yeah. let's not say children, like, you know, boys ready to play. And no school in sight. And that's essentially when Andre bows out around then. No. Right. How Andre, Andre, seen? Andre was with it for a little while. Like, Oh, no, it's not Andre. Andre came on after. That's the actual, like, real guy. I don't remember the name of the first guy. The first guy bows out around now. He's essentially like that. He's like, okay, I'm done. And he said, actually, a bunch of his coaches leave at that time period. And it's just him and a few parents. And then he's just like, he has these boys who, which I think, I think we now can kind of talk a little bit about the boys. So these boys are all Black. Like, almost every one of them is black. Right. And he says specifically he wanted, and he went out and looked for boys who had broken families. He mm-hmm. knew had things going on at home, didn't have father figures, 
were struggling. He, fra- he framed it like he was, you know, looking for the least fortunate boys because he wanted to help yeah. them. But it looks like you just look for the easiest people to prey on. Target. And this is kind of the entire, like, I would say tension in the in the documentary is like he's portraying himself as some guy who is trying to help the young youth and he's very good at making that argument Mm -hmm. he's a very compelling con man but the reality is like the damage done and also just like he just seems like a con man he seems like no i thought it was interesting the way that like he's roy like you guys, if you have not seen this documentary, you need to watch it just because I think that that man is so interesting. Yeah. Because first off, to agree to do the documentary, insane. insane. You're clearly very delusional. He thought this was a good idea. But even in like the way that like, if I was a con man, like if I knew I, I would not be like asking like first five seconds we get with him, he's asking like, um, do I look like a normal person or a con man? I, I took a a, a crash course language. on on body language. body language. How should I? It just felt like we're like, why would you even say those things out loud when you know that you are a con man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 does he has the thing he does very well too is usually con men try to just convince you, at least in the documentary, well, they'll try to convince you they were always right or mm-hmm. that they were always on the side of law. The thing I think that's very interesting about him is his version of, like, deception of words is just to kind of, like, give you just mess that says nothing or leaves them in the gray area. I think mm-hmm. at one point he even says, I didn't break the law. I'm just in the gray area. And that's kind of how he's always talking, right? Like, he says, did you do this crime or not? He'll be like, well, I mean, maybe. Are you a liar? I mean, I'm the most honest liar you know. That kind of like, okay. Right. Like some of that that stuff freaked me out where I was like, oh, this guy's, that kind of just scared me on his character. We'll talk a little bit about like some of the examples the the players gave later. But like those, the way that he would talk like that is just like, it was weird to me, right? Like most people, you would be trying to make yourself out to be not a liar. Incredible. Right. Incredible. Like, yeah, just his like, is like the complete opposite. And then I almost think that like part of his defense in all this, like he did do things that I thought were smart is that positioning himself as just like, I didn't know any better. I was overzealous. You know what I mean? And not, I was a criminal. I was thinking, like very much yeah. pre- pretending that he thought that all of, like this was going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's good. And these are the times when we'll talk about actions where, like, he is not dumb, right? Like, he's very intelligent. Even the end to me, which was the the reveal, which was the Mm -hmm. most surprising to me. But we talk about it later time. But he is very, like, calculated, even in this mess. And I think the investigator from the Ohio High School Athletic Association said it the best. They're like, is he a good con man? And he was said, he's really good and he's really terrible. And that's the best way I would describe it. Like he covers the most important bases, then somehow also covers the like low hanging fruit and then misses the middle. Like the middle don't be making any sense where like, how did you think no to do all of this? You did these little things, but you didn't connect the dots here. Yeah, he's he's an interesting character. The kids, yeah, they're all from broken homes. We're introduced to a bunch of them. The quarterback's a pretty main character, the little light-skinned one. 
his white mama. Yeah. <laughs> we hear from a lot. And baby, when I tell you his white mom gave, I only date black men in every yes. single way. Big energy. She had yes. the pink hair, the blue nails. She had the, the little lashes. Uh, the lashes. <laughs> I think I'm going to be with Jessica. Which I think it's like, that was just like perfect. <laughs> Ferguson was her last name. I peeped that. <laughs> <laughs> When I uh, saw that, I was like, "Oh, so they were her, they were married," because yeah. Ferguson was is not a, a white lady's last name. <laughs> and the kids, we you know, they're all kids who want to play basketball or real, or want to play football. Really interested in football. Wanted they want to be get scholarships. Most of them have some of them have a lot of bad grades. Some of them don't. Right. Um, um, some of them also are were too old. To play at a school. There are adults, yeah. Um, Some of them had graduated high school already. Yeah. Right. And, and didn't like, have anything else to do, but still wanted to go to college and play football. Right. And it's important to think about the fact that, like, for a lot of, like, kid, like, a lot of low-income Black children, boys, they are told, like, sold a dream on football is your way out. Yeah. Right. I yeah. noticed later on that they're calling... One of the guys, his nickname is Pahokee. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything, Pahokee's in Florida. It's in West Palm Beach. Well, well yeah. it's in Palm Beach County, yeah. right? But it is like one of the poorest areas in all of Florida. But Pahokee has, like, they have brought out, well, at a point, I don't know if it's still this way, but there was a point when I watched an ESPN documentary on Pahokee where they had the most NFL players from any area. Right. And it's, it is a very poor, like they don't even have running water in places. And those boys are, they're on it. Like football wise, they know that like, this is their only yeah. way out. And I thought it was interesting that his name was for, his name was Pahokee. So I assume that's the nickname yeah. he gets is from being from that area. So it gives you an idea of like the type of kids that like he was targeting where football yeah. was just, this is all they have. Like, this is all they have. So Essentially, he sell these sells these kids on a dream. He's about to build a big program that's similar to IMG, which is essentially this like athletic academy that's kind of a high school, kind of not. That's debatable. And he's going to be just like them. It's a, it's a but new IMG program. is like accredited. It's literally the best. You know what I mean? Like they're the top dog, state of the art facility. Yeah. yeah. So can we talk a little bit about like the school component, right? So he starts training these boys mm -hmm. and there is no school. So they like attach, he attaches himself to what essentially is like a GED program. Yeah. Like a school for kids who like, I mean, every county has one. I remember that it's all the kids who like, if you, you know, you get into much trouble, you're expelled from public school. Like there's this one school that you were able to go to. It's essentially that. And they, he attaches himself to this school and that's where the kids were supposed to be taking classes. But very quickly, like he starts running up bills in the school's name mm -hmm. and they're like, they cut ties. They like, cut what ties. Is so let's introduce the second major theme. That man don't pay his bills. One thing you learn very quickly about Roy, that man don't pay bills. He essentially said it himself. I mean, I don't got time. To, he said, I don't got time to do little things like that. Right terrible person but we i'm like this man is crazy he said so you pay the bills i mean i don't got time to do a little things like that 
Handbills are little things. <laughs> so at this point, like this is when we're introduced to the investigator. Yeah. He was onto it from the jump yeah. and had been like sounding the alarm, but nobody was hearing it. Like he had said he reached out to media outlets and was like, come on, like this is a fake school, you know? And nobody cared to run the story. Which must have been so frustrating for him. Like, this is insane. And again, it it comes down to it being like the type of boys that he was taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. Right? It's a bunch of like poor black boys. Who cares? Is that what it came down to? CEO. But he then, he's the one that gets the church to back out. Right. When they start asking questions, he starts asking questions of the church and the church is just like, oh, no, you know, like we don't want nothing to do with this. What's going on? So the church backs out. That's Mm -hmm. when he loses a lot of the staff, like you had said. So, yeah, he's lost. He lost. He loses all the staff. Somehow they still have a they still he sets up schedule to play. They're still going to play. The thing I thought was very interesting, so he sets up the schedule, and the thing I think is very interesting is when he says, oh, how did you get us, how did you get to play IMG? And he's like, well, I don't know, I just called them. He was, oh, he was like, they called me. Yeah. And it was like, the thing is, nobody wants to play them. And it was, I was like, it was that easy just to set up the... Well, again, this is him being an unreliable narrator, because they he, he did have the, there's a guy on there that set the schedule for that. Oh, he did hire a guy who did have to set. Yeah, so who and we never found out if that guy got paid. That's the other thing to say. This is this is the thing I'll say about documentary, like criticism wise. I couldn't get some of the connections right because he did bring in a guy whose whole thing is setting up a schedule. But I'm like, how did you get him though? That to me, I really wish they had delved into because, like, that's like the the linchpin in all this, right? Like, that's what got him to ESPN. I'm like, what was the pay? Like, did he get paid? Right. I they don't know how that works. Up. Right. Yeah. I wish they would have explained that. But he does bring on that guy who books them a bunch of games. Right. And what's insane to me is like, this is where I, because we never really find out what Roy's like relationship to football is himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Has he ever played? I like, I definitely don't think he's played because for the fact that like, so the guy that books them out all this to play mm-hmm. all these teams, right? And they, they have like a pretty impressive schedule. He says that it's actually, they have the fourth hardest schedule of any team. Mm-hmm. And then Roy then independently books a bunch of other games for them to play. And right before the IMG game, they play two other games in the same weekend. Which I don't know shit about football, but I know that that's insane. Yeah, he played well. It's one other game, and I think it's like he plays on Friday, and then they play IMG on like Monday. No, 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 like- no. There was two games that they played. So they played a game. They play IMG Monday. Like let's say I don't know if it was Monday, but they had played another school on the Saturday, and then another school on the Thursday. Mm. Okay. Well, I think okay, okay. I think that was like. Yeah, okay, I got you. So those two games, like, first off, you're playing, I'm like, you need, the the guy in the video does make a good example of saying, like, if a team is playing two games in a week, they are very spread out. Yeah. 
right? Like your body needs time to recuperate. You're literally just taking hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. Yeah. To play back to back like that is crazy. And I don't know why Roy would think that that was a good idea. And is it, and again, what was his relationship to football? Had he ever played? Well, they said that the the plays were coming from Madden. Right. So they did ask the, the what kind of coach was Roy? And baby, that question had the boys stumped. It was like stuttering. They're like, not a good one. Right. Up until that point, I kind of assumed that he was, he was good. a good coach. I, I just assumed, right? Like to yeah. be doing all of this. I assumed he knew what he was doing. You were taking it seriously, like you. But when the boys start talking about they had no plays, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's a lot of this that, like, financially, okay, like the them not having helmets, not having the right uniforms, not having mm-hmm. like, you know, even after they became Bishop Sycamore, they were still wearing the COF uniforms for a yeah. lot of games, right? Like, those are things that are financial, but like plays. The boy, another one of the players was talking about that he they ne- he never made them run. They weren't training mm-hmm. the way they were supposed to. Like, I can't believe he did all of this and didn't like secure the like the actual athletic part of this. And this is where you start to see that he's kind of just a sociopath. Like he just likes ego. He likes being in the middle and yeah. the mix of things. And this is a good opportunity for him to be important. Yeah. Even if nothing he is doing makes any sense or is delivering those results to people, as long as he can feel important. So, so I, I did think, okay. So as he's doing his recruiting, right? Like there's a point where he talks about, you know, where he was going to, he was driving through the hoods, looking for boy. Like he was just looking for, he, conventions like looking for anywhere he saw light poles and kids playing on the street right recruiting Mm -hmm. and he basically lived Shug's night speech yes and he he goes you want to go to college you don't want your coach all up on your twitter on your instagram talking about how he made you hot come to bishop sycamore (laughs) giving the the famous death row speech that you didn't know clearly like, there are parts of this where, like, he is charming. He is like most sociopaths. He's able to right. get you to like him. <laughs> like, he, he is charming. The language. Right. And he's, he was funny to me, right? Like, a lot he of the things, like, he was, he, he, he has charm, right? I, I mean, I completely turned on him once. They later introduced some of the other stuff. But yes. at this point, I was kind of like, I mean, uh, obviously this is bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I didn't think that he was a horrible person. Right? So talking about the boy, like, so they're traveling to these games. They're, mind you, this is supposed to be a school, right? Like, IMG has a facility where these children yeah. live on campus. Like, it's basically like a mini college, right? Like you, yeah. the kids are live on campus, their meals are provided for them, yeah. everything. So this is also what the responsibility Roy is supposed to have. And yeah, none. 
So we find out, like, basically they're staying at, like, motels. And he says, you know, they gave me the option to pay 30, 60, or 90 days. So I took the 90 days every time. And then after the 90 days, we didn't pay. We just moved on to another motel. Was it feeding the boys? They were stealing food? He had these boys at Walmart stealing. (laughs) And I wish they had gotten more into, they had asked him questions about this. Because we do have the boys talking about how, like, you know, he encouraged, like, criminality, right? Like, one of the boys says, I didn't even know how to call my mom and tell her, like, the shit that you were trying to have me avoid by coming out Mm -hmm. here to play football is what this coach has us doing. You know? Yeah. And I wish they had, like, asked him, because I I just want to know what he would have said. Like, how was he, the boys, were they just stealing because, well, you haven't fed us and we don't have any money? Or was he really sending them out there to steal? I want to know how (laughs) organized he was. Despite that, he also, like, had essentially was out taking out PPP loans. That to me was the craziest part. And for me, a whole was that we never found out what happened with all the PPP loan money. Also, you know what else we didn't find out? The insurance money. Remember the whole, the way he started paying for it was by encouraging people who had went to that church to take out life insurance. And then when they died to give some of the money to the, to the athletic program. And that kind of. So that was assumed that, that the, the, that was the plan for how the church was supposed to be started. Right. So I feel like there was more people, like I would assume like the church vestry, like that's, there was more hands on that. Right. Is that insurance policy through the church once they cut ties, they I cut feel ties. like, that, yeah, that was end of that for him. But the PPP loans was, we're seeing multiple $20,000 PPP loans being taken out on some of these kids' names. Mm, yeah. And we have one of the boys does talk about how, you know, the first day they're writing on paper, they have their social security numbers written out, which is normal, you know, like yeah. if it was a real school. You know, I, yeah. I think you do put your social security number on school information, but we do know he had all the information he needed to take out loans in their name. And yeah. he did. They he also did. had evictions in their name. Yep. So I guess we could talk about the game a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's an ESPN broadcasting game. Because IMG is a really big school. So he gets them there. They're on center stage. And it's time for them to do what they've been training to do. And they get destroyed. And this is kind of how the whole scam begins to get exposed. It's people yeah. are watching the game. And they're clearly seeing this is not a team that's trained. Within the first quarter, someone gets hit and tears their ACL. And that's when they find out there's no trainer. No trainers. No medic, like they're literally like it's very, very clear that these people are they're un- outmatched, yeah. right? Like somebody should have in the middle of that game been like, call it off. We can't do this. Football doesn't even have a mercy rule, which is crazy. Like in, in uh soccer, if you get to eight zero, they just stop the game. <laughs> it's like you go home. We later find out like one of the boys has like back pain still to this day, permanent pain from that game. Like it was bad. It was bad. And this is kind of when the scam be- 
comes viral and everyone figures out like who the hell are these people people start finally digging in and yeah the the water breaks i felt bad for the kids it was really like bad to see especially because like this isn't just like a basketball kit where you get beat right you're just getting beat like you're getting physically hit like you guys are getting knocked over a guy comes in he's not supposed to be quarterback he's playing quarterback they like he broke his ankle like just getting knocked over by these essentially while they are teenagers professional teenage athletes like Uh, one of the kids talks about how like he felt his shoulder pop no he was the one that had torn his acl and he's like yo i or my his knee and he's like i I felt a pop and they were like well if you're not hurting get back in the game yeah which is like you're not your job is to take care of these kids yeah so you trainer is crazy like you then one at halftime they go back in and one of the kids talks about his phone is blowing up right one of the players is like i look at my phone and i'm seeing fake school fake school fake school and they're popping up tweets talking about how dumb are you to go to a fake school <laughs> to get beat by kids like, y'all go man get beat by children <laughs> I'm sorry, it's awful, but it is like I felt so bad for those players. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the basically this game gets exposed. Then we get to really see and hear about Roy's actions. This is when we find out in PPP loans. Also, the domestic violence situation where right. essentially he is abusing his girlfriend in front of the boys. The injuries, it it's a mess. Up until that point before then, you're like, okay, maybe he's just dumb and annoying. Right. But then, at this point in the documentary, you're like, oh, the, this the is... The domestic crazy. violence, what, as soon as they mention it to him, and he's just like, he, obviously, like, he, I can't remember what he says, but he basically, like, it was a one-time situation. Like, he, you know, I don't know what to call it, but he very much, like, oh, it's no big deal, and it didn't really happen. But yeah. then you have one of the players say that he saw him physically abuse his girlfriend on a weekly basis and verbally yeah. abuse her on a daily basis. And I'm sorry, but that is insane that he was hitting the lady in front of them. Yeah. Like that to me is the craziest because it's like you weren't even concealing your behavior. So much sure that like there's a quote that one of the players had where he slapped her in front of in front of the players and then is like look what you made me do bitch you stupid bitch look what you made me do in front of the players yeah that's crazy that's crazy that's what i i truly turned on him i was like oh no this is a dark figure he's a dark all the little kikis i had about it went out the window at that point yeah and they they touched on this in the documentary is how like you know, he was kind of like, to some of them, they thought he was cool, a Black man doing something positive who cared about their life and wanted to, like, look after their well-being. Mm-hmm. And quickly, you know, they're like, oh, so this is just some bullshit. Like, he's a scammer. He doesn't really care about us. Mm-hmm. I've been sold a dream, but I can't go back to my mom now and tell her I've been sold a dream because now I'm like a fool. Ruin my career prospects really just destroys these boys' lives. 
Like the story of when he found the homeless man in his car. Yeah. Right. And he, so Roy explains it as, you know, he had to give him a spanking, right? He told, it was a lesson to the kids. Like this is what happens because he didn't have a, when you don't have a strong male figure in the home to spank you. So he says like, you know, he spanked him on the butt a few times, right? Made it like not a big deal, but like still crazy story. Yeah, still crazy. Right. But then one of the boys is like, that was the breaking point for one of the players. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He was just like, you know, basically he had those, the way he explained it is he had the players jump him. Jump him. Yeah. Which then gets into like, yo, you put these boys at risk at risk like you have them like engaging mm-hmm. in criminal things like engaging in something that like they could go to jail for yeah for what he's no concern for them that, that that is it like he only cares about himself and everyone is a pawn to every right. social like and it's it's sad and i guess the next question is like why was this allowed how did they get away with this if you think that Roy went to jail after this, he did not. Was actually let's not even get into this yet. Let's not even get into this. I have a few things that I want to talk about before we get there because that is the ending of this to me was insane. One more story, just to show you, like the way, like I think they did a good job of like giving you, making sure you know that, like, oh, this man is a sociopath, right? Yeah. Is the story of the geese. He, yeah. ex- he explains it as he accidentally drove over some geese. And he then had to make a joke about it and make it a less because it was an accident. One of the players describes it as he stepped on the gas full speed, ran over the geese, and then backed up and ran over them again. And then talked about this is how it feels to be at war. Something about the smell of fresh blood in the air. Sick stuff. An unwell man. An unwell man. But definitely gives you like into his psyche. Like we're definitely dealing with a sociopath here. Yeah, absolutely. I found it interesting when they talked about the the school tuition. That one was real left field for me. To find like, out that these kids, this whole time I assumed that this was a scholarship, quote unquote, program he was running. And the thing is, when they announced, when they showed it, it started to make a little bit. Because to me, I'm like, okay, regardless of how much of a con man is, he is getting, like, he has to have some kind of money to even get to this. Do you know? Because they're still in yeah. facilities. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, so someone's paying for that facility. So he can't just be not paying nothing he must be getting something and i was like they really paying him i wonder how much that was but then he was like oh that's how he ended up getting the ppp loans though remember yeah so uh, basically he and that's not even to say like because those ppp loans when they asked the boys about the ppp loans they were one of them was unaware of it that he had two in his name yeah, and the reaction I did believe him. I believed him, but then again, I'm also like, it does seem from speaking to the voice, people's level of like awareness was different. Right. Some people were a lot more aware of what was going on, and some people were just like, I- I'm clueless. 
Right. But I, the reason why I do believe that he took those loans out separate of tuition for them. Oh, yes. Is because of the fact that like, and took it out for them is the fact that like, they were all the, you know, like the max amount you could get out, like the 20,000, mm-hmm. right? 20,000. And we were told tuition was 12,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like they would have gotten a refund check. They, I, I don't, and that would have been a part of the, like the concept when they're talking about not having any money, right? Like an $8,000 refund, like check yeah. to a, you get me an $8,000 check to an 18 year old is a lot of money. Like, lot they of wouldn't money. have been talking about being broke. That's the only reason why I was like, I believe that that was separate to that. I think they were taking out like their parents were taking out loans with them to pay for this, yeah. which is awful. You know, a lot of one of the players in the documentary was talking about, you know, like he didn't care about the interest or any, you know what I mean? Like take, ruining our credit. So they were taking out those loans independently. And then on top of it, this man was taking out PPP loans in their name. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because I'm like, people are going to jail for PPP loans. That. Something's not being explained with that, but yes. Because I'm like, people people are going to jail for that. People have gone to jail for that already. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, I try to, like, kind of remember the amounts that I've heard people getting in trouble for. And they were up there, right? I feel like this is maybe just low priority. And these are all spread out amongst different names. Mm -hmm. Right? I think 20,000 is, like, it's so little compared to, like, I know people were, like... I remember the influencer girl went to jail because hers were a million dollars in PPP loans, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think maybe this is just low priority. That's why I think mm-hmm. it was a really dumb thing that he did this documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Like, so because of the IMG game, the governor then has a Up press Ohio, conference. Yeah. yeah says that he's going to investigate. And they do declare, like, there's, like, this is a scam. hmm But because it's registered as a religious school, they can't do anything about it. And this is where him, he is very good at playing dumb. He's very good at mixing things. That man is not dumb. Because to do that, and to, when they said that, I said, oh, he is calculated. He is. And I was like, it gets so much more messy. Because honestly, if you register as a religious institution, there's a lot, especially more conservative state, there's a lot you can do. Yeah. And it's, so he religious. Because that's like, perfect. I always wonder, because I watch a lot of just like, you know, like my special interest is like Mormon, weird families and cults and I always wonder, like, for me, a lot of that, like, the through line and a lot of those is, like, the kids not going to proper school. Yeah. And, like, not getting proper educations. And I always am, like, how the hell are they able to get away with this? Even if you homeschool kids, there are, like, standards. But if you, like, if you, like, created, like, there's so many ways to get around it. And it's around being a religious. If you, like, register as, like, a religious school and you're, like, religiously teaching your kids homeschooling, you can get away with teaching those kids absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And this is how he ends up. Yep. No charges. And yeah. 
he from he this is still going on bsi is yeah. still a thing right i don't know if he's gonna be able to get anybody but he, he has intention of continuing yeah. this right he talks about how like this documentary is great for him because he's mm-hmm. he, he got on espn that people started calling and yeah. he's getting funding now he that he's gonna get funding from this documentary i'm sure he's getting paid delusional but i don't think he's getting funding from this i don't think yeah he's delusional like he thinks he is just the godfather like um, now if you if you send your child anywhere near this man like you're an idiot at the, you get like now it's all like there's no more like plausible deniability of you didn't know you didn't because again i do side eye some of the parents especially the parents who were hands-on like the, the one where she was training she was the yeah. Like, girl, you know what a real school looks like. And you were around. Yeah. You drove him to Kinko's to print a check. <laughs> and you're talking about, like, I, to me, there are things that, like... Okay, so I'm going to say something. There's, I have no proof of this. Her being around, I was like, so what they was up to? Oh, you know, I don't know why that came to mind, too. Because I, I question... This is my thing. I to me, I was like, why did he have her drive him? Right? Like that's so random. Oh, that was they up to. Why why would you it's also like when you know that you're going to do something illegal? Yeah. Because I don't right? remember so it's not like, having a car either. Yeah, like <laughs> obviously that shows like a closer relationship than what either of them had admitted to. So I was like, Yeah. And that makes sense. That's why she was around and why she yeah, was really... Too, because, that would easily explain all of that. Right. Like, every other kid didn't have a parent around. That you know what there. I mean? Like the other parent like, we know was not there. Yeah. Like, she was present. Very yeah. present. How did you allow this? You saw the type of motels they were in. You saw the food. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Um, when he, uh, The rotisserie chicken story... I was like, oh, huh. when he talked about he would call like a supermarket and he would order like 30 rotisserie chickens and then not pick them up until then he would wait till like they're just about to close and know that they would mark them down to like $2 and then he would pick them up. <laughs> he was a scammer among scammers. So, you know, I get we kind of talk about why why was this allowed to happen? I think they kind of talk about it. Like, for example, when people are like, oh, I can't believe people did this to their kids. And I sent you a few articles. I was not that surprised that this happened. I'm surprised that this hasn't happened before because I know how big youth sports are, are getting, mm-hmm. have always been. I'm like, people be getting scammed to youth sports all the time. Mm-hmm. This isn't a new scam of like, promising kids that you're going to get them to a level where they can be D1 scholarships. It's just the way in which he did it and did how it. dirty he did it and his intentionality is what's the difference. Because I will say I have known personally, right? Many, I'm trying to think of what to call them, right? Like per, people who, to me, they're scammers, Right who they position themselves as people who get kids into to schools. That's yeah. called, right? Like that is a, a grift that happens. Like that is a normal grift. Yeah. We see it in every fact, like in 
when you have sororities having people who train them to get into like that's a grift that happens right we have people who do that and i feel like had he just done that that that's there's great money in that right people sign up and literally you'd be like pay me fifteen hundred dollars i'm gonna make the connections for your kid to get like that is a scam that goes on (laughs) has been going on yeah Right. And I think one of them made a good point to be like, you know, the reason why this isn't illegal is because nobody thought that someone would, it was a lack of creativity in the laws. Like, no one thought that anybody would do this. Yeah. Because it is a lot of work and a lot of trouble to go to. There are easier scams. That's, that's the part that's crazy. To be like, there were so much easier scams you, you could have done. Like, we literally, a- like, the scam being like, you know, $1,500 a head and like... Yeah. But... And I wish the documentary had spoken more about like how much money did he make from this? Yeah, that's what that's because he he's getting sued for three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But those so are like I'm, unpaid bills, like those are unpaid bills, right? So like, like I, I'm curious to know, like, okay, these kids did pay tuition, mm-hmm. right? We you you made the point to say I didn't really thought about it that he was paying for like the facilities and had to pay for some stuff. He had, to pay, he had to pay for charter buses. They had buses that got them back and forth. So he was paying something. Yeah. He, the account was not zero. It had well, well, he also like worked also to assume that he kited a lot of checks. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So anything he didn't have to pay up front, he did not pay did and not never pay paid. Yeah. I'm so curious, just like how much money did he make? Because yeah, like you said, there are much easier scams. I think they kind of talk talk about this at the end. I sent you a few articles, just in mm-hmm. general, like how big youth sports is and how I think the industry had it like youth sports in America is worth more than like the NFL and it's going to just like keep growing. And it's how like what's what's happening now with sports, and I've been saying this for a while, is that like we are getting to a point where like being a little black boy or a poor black boy who wants to play football and having the dream of becoming a football player that it was already rare. It's going to be more rare in the future because nowadays suburban kids, their parents are taking that money and putting it into the athletes. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be enough. Like you just walk on and became this great athlete. Like these kids are going to be training from like three years old to be quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely. And how, because of that, it just becomes a game, a race to the bottom. Everyone's trying to spend the most money. If you spend more money, you more likely have a chance of getting your child to become an NFL athlete, which is crazy because statistically speaking, it's just not that probable. Right. But what, what we are seeing it, like my husband does talk a lot about how like, you know, like the NBA is getting beiger and beiger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know between all the biracial kids, like the nepotism biracial player kids. And then like, yeah, white people are investing money in their children playing these sports. And it's not just like this being like the only hope of like inner city kids to get out now. You just being the the good kid in the hood, it doesn't cut it when people are putting money behind their kids training. Yeah. Like they're like, it, it, in, NBA and NFL for the for a while had the kind of reputation of sports that you could kind of just easily get into. Like you just picked it up, started playing it. 
you didn't people weren't like training like gymnastics for example if you want to be mm-hmm. a gymnast you're starting at like four or five years old basketball right. football were not that it was good enough you could play elementary play some pop warner play in the middle school play in high school and if you were just good enough it was fine that's not the case anymore right that yeah. is we are beginning to a path but that's not going to be the case anymore i will it's, say like, though um, with with football the only thing that i think about for that is that football is a dangerous sport yeah Right. And it it does come down to like if for suburban parents, you know what I mean? Like it's every other sport but football. Like football is the last resort. Yeah, like that you're gonna because we what we know now, like about CTE and the the, and then the short span of a football players, like what how long you can actually play for is so short that that money does not matter. Right, like it's it, it, like the average player is playing five years. Like you get me, like that's it's. It's also the problem with what the NFL's always makes no sense to me is that like if you've ever like met someone who was like you you've met NFL players, you know, those motherfuckers are humongous. Mm-hmm. Like it ain't enough to just be like good. There's a there's a big like weight requirement to that shit. Like I'm never gonna be that fucking big. There was just no way in the world I was gonna be a wide receiver. It just wasn't happening. Like. Yeah. The genetics of that be something crazy. But that's why, like, black kids will always be open for that level of exploitation. Mm. Right? And it's, they will always be open for that. And, like, that's why, like, football specifically, right, is the place where, like, I worry the most for this and, like, the not regulating this. Because in terms of, like we said, with all the other sports, they're so, like, People are fi- like like financially led in terms of like they are training the hell out yeah. of their kids from a young age to do this. When it comes to football, like first off, if you're not if you don't have the build, naturally it is what it is. Like you you mm-hmm. get me. There's a few positions you can play, but like the yeah. defensive line, that's for niggas, that's right? Clear. Like you're, it's always gonna be for us, right? It's also the unhealthiest. Mm-hmm. right like people aren't like that's not it's not aspirational right like the reason why when the league talks about like this has come up so often is like giving players lifetime health insurance like after they play mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the reason why it comes up all the time when they're like no we're not doing that right because we'd be expensive like you're literally breaking your body breaking your health like mm-hmm. shortening your life to play five years you get paid you get a big check for five years and now like you're retired at 30. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there will always be that like ability to exploit poor black kids for football. Yeah, I think so. But I will always, I will say also like, while I agree that a lot of people are, have their concerns about football, there are still tons of middle-class white people who are definitely gung-ho about football. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But we also know that, like, they play different positions, right? There's a reason why we've only had, like, a handful of Black quarterbacks, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, playing the Super Bowl. You know, like, there's still, like, there are more coveted positions than others, and there are positions that get paid more and have a longer longevity, right? Like, um, what's this guy who's super, like, Giselle Bunchin's man that refuses to retire? Tom Brady, right? 
Tom Brady doesn't get to have the length of career he does if he was on the defensive line. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's certain positions. It's just frustrating because I think the guy in the thing made a good point being like, should you be able to make money, this much money off of kids? Like, should there be this amount of money, right? Like, it opens up the door for exploitation. And this is why I've always hated it. And this is why my unpopular opinion is I forget paying the athletes. I don't think y'all should have school programs. I don't, I don't, sports programs. I think there is no reason why you need to combine two completely separate things and try to make them work together. They don't work together. Sports is a business. Mm-hmm. Education should not be a business. And when you start putting them together, you have problems like this. Right. They don't have these problems in Europe because college is just fucking free. Yeah. And they have their own programs to deal with sports. We have decided, and I don't know why we have decided this has to be a thing together. And everyone has to run around acting like these kids are going to college and they're getting an education and they're being athletes. When the reality is we knew people who played sports in college. We know that sports is first and college and academics is second. Yeah. And it also is just for the fact that for the fact that they make so much money for the schools, right? Like the school has no incentives to like prioritize those kids' education. At all. Right. The incentive is to make it as easy as possible for them so that they can continue to play and make the school money. You, you dig further enough. Someone investigates further enough in any big D1, D2 school. I promise you, you'll find cases of tutors doing homework for Mm athletes. Right. I mean, we all, you know what I mean? Like that. We've all seen it. Yeah. Like, why are we keeping up this charade and these type of charades are what allow something like this to occur? Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, they just need to be, they need to be their own thing. Like they stop associating them with each other because they keep showing it's a mess. And now you got it dripping down to the high school level, you know, allegedly, but I'll say, for people who don't know me, I went to school in the area that Tim Tebow went to school in high school. Okay. And the thing about Flagler, that was the rumor, was that one, Tim Tebow's dad took him to different high schools and was like, this is my son. Do you want him to come to your high school? And had demands. And Flagler had a reputation of having athletes that just all happened to live in the same damn house mm-hmm. in the county. Mm-hmm. Was very well known. They did not live there. And I'm like, that, when you put so much money in university sport, it starts to trickle down and just starts to ruin everything. And I always say, capitalism is a race to the bottom. It it plagues everything it touches. When Once yeah. money can become a thing, it's, it, it'll get down to preschool at some point. They'll be separating out future NFL students. I promise you, they'll be separating out babies soon. Talk right. about this one right here. He a little meaty. That's alignment right there. <laughs> like you ain't never lied. I mean, that's true. Like it just starts to. It just there's just too much work. money in it. There's too much it's money too in much it that money. like. I think it's even sad when you think about like the like even at the parental level, right? Like 
that's something I even struggle with, right? Like my daughter is like naturally very athletic, right? Like Mm -hmm. she was doing gymnastics for a while. And then they were like, oh, you know, in Texas, sports are a big deal. All of them, right? And at the gym she was going to, they're like, you know, if you want to commit and sign to a coach at three, Simone Biles' coach, take who trained Simone Biles, he starts taking out kids at three if you want to commit to that. But I'm like, committing to my, my three-year-old being, the amount of hours she has to commit to that is like, now this is her life. <laughs> like, I've decided, like, she now has to put everything aside to do gym at three. That is insanity to me. I, I, I've had this conversation with my friend. They're like, yeah, I want my kids to play sports. I want them to be just like, get scholarships. It's so much fun. And I'm like, I just remember there was a girl who I went to school with. She was a really, really good distance train runner. Had been like, people have been talking about her running distance. Had like offer letters or like left letters of interest. Like, like a freshman was really good. State champion. Did all this stuff. By 11th grade, that girl had quit. She had spent so much of her time training for something. And the sad thing about it is for some of these kids, yeah, they know they want to do this. But like at three, am I supposed to be committing already for my child to just like... And like something like gymnastics starts so early that they're, the kid doesn't have a choice. They don't right? have a choice. You are making like, this for them. For me, I even think about like, I wanted to do gymnastics as a kid. My mom didn't let me because my mom was like, it changes the way your body's shaped. Mm-hmm. right which is like my mom being vain and so but it's like already in that you've made a decision for your kid right like something that's like you now like it there's a reason gymnasts are shorter than other people and like you're stuck like you changing like the way that your body is set up for something and then like for you to then not succeed or like you get hurt and like you've made your whole centered your whole identity around this is what I'm gonna do and the relationship it creates between the parent and the child in some cases. Now you yelling at your child because they didn't do good on a game and you talking about, I spent this amount of money for you to do this, this and that. And I need you to go to college so I can make back my money. I don't want that type of relationship with my child. I've been very clear. You want your kid to play sports? I would like my kid to play sports because I think there are important things for them to learn, but we will not be talking about scholarships. Right. You'll get an academic scholarship. Yeah. If you if you really really love this sport and you come to me begging, sure. But I am not putting no pressure on my child to do anything right. of that nature. I right. want them to have. When I have kids, I want them to explore the world and figure out what they like, and then come and tell me what you like. And my job will be guide them to as many things as possible so they can right. Grow. Like you know, Campsie's in gymnastics. Campsie's also in. She's horseback riding. She starts soccer next week. She's in swimming. Like trying to just diversify like all I can do is expose you to as much and like when you're old enough you can then tell me what you truly like and I'll do my best to support you but not ever at the expense of your education yeah what like as a kid your job is school so school always has to come first your education has to come first and that just is what it is I was talking to a friend about this and they were like why like I don't understand why people would push their kid to try to become an athlete or get a, a scholarship college scholarship when you know those resources could be waste could be used to get an academic scholarship which is so much more likely and I just I remember and I already know the answer because I grew up I said because a lot of black kids and parents don't even know that's an option right the only success stories they know that they've seen from people in there are the kids who are able to get a scholarship for playing sports mm-hmm. and I just remember like I hated going to the barbershop for 
for tons of reasons as a kid, but nothing made me more uncomfortable than going to a barbershop because I am tall. I've always been quite tall. Is the oh, you gonna play basketball one day <laughs> conversations? I'd have to have yep. black yep. men. And I remember even as a kid being so upset. So y'all don't care about anything else that I do. I have yeah. my on honor roll. I am class president, but y'all don't care about anything else. What sport do you that's play? That's the expectation, and I always have hated it. Like, y'all don't have no other interest in these kids, and for a lot of them, that is what you do. You become a basketball player or a football yeah. player. Yeah. And that's not a healthy relationship to me, to sports, should be for kids to sports. I agree. That's so sad. So I did write down some of, like, all the updates that we did get from speaking of, like, you know, what kids do after. Why is my phone like this? Okay, so first update was Roy's. Roy Johnson's domestic abuse case ended with a plea deal admitting to charge of menacing. He currently owes more than 300000 in fines from cases associated with Bishop Sycamore and Christians of Faith. In December 2022, Roy was arrested for stealing from Ohio's Best Buy under the fake name Tristan Herstel. Hours after his release, he tweeted, we are coming back next year, a bigger schedule, more players, more TV exposure. We will never quit. We will never listen to anything you fools have to say. Weird. He's not stopping. Um, A random update. In the spring of 2023, a private equity firm agreed to purchase IMG Academy for $1.2 25 million. IMG Academy is supposed to be a school, right? If you think about like when we're talking about making money off of kids, right? That a private equity firm is buying a school for that amount of money, has even interest in buying a school, right? You have to think about- buy a school. What type of investment, (laughs) right? What type of investment is that? Like how much money are they seeing? Like how much money are you making off these kids? That's intense. And I think deeply inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So then they give us updates on some of the players. Mario is an honor roll student at the University of Louisville, where he joined the football team as a walk-on running back. That's a good one. Michi is also at the University of Louisville and still chasing his dreams of playing in the NFL. Isaiah works at a meat market in the Bronx, still searching for his next football opportunity. That's not the greatest. Zaishan quit football and is considering becoming a firefighter. I hate updates like this because this is nothing. Like, considering. Considering. Okay. That's it. He ain't got shit else going. He has shit going on, basically. Quincy gave up football and is focusing on college and starting his own business, right? Love that for him. Mikos is in Florida working for Pepsi while waiting for his next football opportunity. These kids now are like, they were already quite old. Yeah. So these updates, some of them, like them still waiting for their football opportunity. It's like sad to hear because like you've aged out. Like it's not happening. Pahokee volunteers at a youth, youth games while continuing to pursue his football dreams. It's not happening. Trillian is still training every day and hoping to attend an HBCU in 2023. 
his story is the most like upsetting for me because we see him get the call for to Grambling State and he gets in on uh, a football scholarship there. You see his mom talking about how proud he is that she's he's going to HBCU. The coach there has has lots of connections and has sent a lot of kids into the NFL. Like this is his dream come true. And then everything gets rescinded when they realize that he went to Bishop Sycamore and they're like, you didn't go to a real school. And he loses that opportunity. And I I was waiting for his update and to see that he's still training every day and hoping to attend an HBCU in 2023 is sad. Like, you know, it's just like, damn. So it hasn't happened for him. Will it happen? The next update is JD is rapping full time. Recently released an album called Life After Bishop Sycamore. You are the last song. Garbage. You know, you hear, you hear a song on the way out. That's exit <laughs> credit. Is this music? Yeah, I, I didn't even stick around to hear it. <laughs> I, I already knew what that song was going to be given. He wasted these I mean, boys' time and their money. Yeah, I mean. I don't think these boys would end up being NFL players anyways. I don't think a lot of them were going to go into end up in NCAA. At the end where he's like, I mean, y'all didn't have offers anyway. So what the fuck <laughs> y'all doing? And I say, he's like, asshole. But he did not lie. He really just wasted y'all time because most of y'all were never going to get there. Right. Anyway. Honestly, like the only person who like lost it to me was the Trillion kid. Yeah, with Trillian. Right. Like he seemed to have like, and that's another he had like a real parent support. He had like yeah. parental support system. Like, had he just stayed at his regular school? Yeah. He should have just stayed at his regular school. Like, he's the only one like that I truly believe, like, in terms of football, right? Like, he got deterred by this guy, like yeah. by Roy. And I think it's because his mom was fucking Roy. Like, because <laughs> how? How did you keep yeah. letting that keep going on? You were around. Yeah. And and the other two, the other thing I saw that was interesting is that the other two end up going to University of Louisville. I was like, oh, so I guess they were just decent. <laughs> right. And I, I think they were probably the only ones that were still like, because remember, there was a point where they talked about only three of them. Yes. Three of them Those being like registered. Still were like, so they were the only people who were actually like within age, eligible yes. age. So maybe they went on to just go to a normal high school and still were able to like, yeah. you know. Make things happen. Yeah. It's a good documentary. I think all you guys should watch it. I think it is, I don't know, it's kind of like telling what the consequences big sports, big youth sports can be. Like, this is the worst case scenario, but I promise you, he will not be the last. Right. He will not be the last. And also that, like, it doesn't really take much more than just audacity. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, the he's not, like, I think he's fairly savvy. I don't even know that I would say I don't say think he's super smart. intelligent. No. Yeah. I think he's fairly savvy. But at the end of the day, I think most of this is just having audacity, right? Like. And I'll say the reason why this is able to happen in football is because football specifically loves a story. They love a Cinderella story. They You're love right. a, it allows people like this to go and sell it because that's all it is like. You're the struggling kid. You become a football player. You get a D1 school. You bring your whole family out of the hood. People who are looking for that 
all you got to do is sell them that what you're selling is, you know. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's it. And that's why I was like, I'm not surprised these kids signed up for this because I'm like, listen, people out here conning kids left and right in y'all backyard right now over over sports, promising them the world. They going to go to FSU. They going to have coaches, this and that. And people are paying them to do it right now. Promise you. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. They want that so badly for their kid that it, it doesn't become hard to sell it to them. Trying to get that house they're going to buy you when they get their first check. And I want to talk about something as we're leaving. And the men who wanted to be back football players or basketball players themselves who did not get to become that and have now decided they're going to be a coach and train the next youth and are now like, oh, we're going to, I'm going to get my glory on the on the coaching yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. Listen. Academic scholarships are better, y'all. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you have more resources, more likely. But yeah, guys, definitely check out the doc. And thanks for listening. Yay.